All right. So how's everybody doing tonight? Doing good? All right. Um, well, once again, it is, it is an honor and a blessing to be able to stand before you and just and divide God's word with you. Um, so um, worship was pretty awesome, wasn't it? I thought it was pretty awesome. And it, it, what Pastor CJ was talking about kind of folds into what uh, um, God has laid on my heart. Um, it seems to be every time I, I start to prepare a message, um, the day, you know, I start a couple weeks in advance or, or at least a week in advance, I start preparing a message, you know, asking God what he wants me to preach about. And um, this time, I, you know, I came up with something and I was like, oh, that's good. That's really good, Danny. You should, you should preach that. And uh, today uh, I had a long lunch and so I went home and I was trying to finish up my preparation and I was just praying and, and Bryce was home with me and uh, God just was like, change it again. And I'm like, God, it is one o'clock. You know I preach at 6.30. All right. And so I went ahead and, and started preparing a different message. And uh, it was just amazing how what I was preparing to preach didn't fit into the worship and what was what uh, CJ f- had felt on his heart. But tonight... Um, the title of my message is The Magic is Not in the Faucet, um, the faucet being like a water faucet, all right? Um, our main text is going to be Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. We've read this one multiple times here in service in the last couple of months, um, or at least have reference to it, but it's a pretty awesome scripture, so. And I'm reading out of the ESV. Verse 14 says, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, and kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Verse 20 says, He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. And in verse 21 it says, But this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. So as I mentioned, the title uh, message is, The Magic is Not in the Faucet. And I'm not talking about magic like we, you'd see David Copperfield. Um, I'm talking about blessing. I'm talking about um, there's no secret uh, ingredient um, to, to God's blessings. Um, Thomas Edward Lawrence, also known as T.E. Lawrence, um, he was born in August 16th, 1888 in Wales. Um, popularly known as Lawrence of Arabia. Some of you guys have made it, may have heard about him. Uh, Lawrence became famous uh, for his exploits in British military uh, liaison to the Arab Revolt during the First World War. Um, The desert raids of British officer T.E. Lawrence and his Arab rebels tied down many Turkish troops um, who could have been fighting the main British armies in the Middle East. Lawrence of Arabia's struggle against the Turks during World War I was a classic of guerrilla warfare, and his personal account has become a classic of world literature. And, of course, he, they made a movie about it like they do everything else um, called Lawrence of Arabia. 
Um, Lawrence wrote about his, his Arabian adventures in the Seven Pillars of Wisdom. But during the, war, during the war, Lawrence formed close friendships with many of the sheiks of Arabia. After the war, he brought some of the sheiks back to England to show his appreciation for their support against the Turkish, Turkish domination. They had a wonderful visit. Uh, they appeared before the Joint House of Commons, the Parliament, uh, and they were even in the presence of the Queen. On the last night of their visit, Lawrence offered them anything they wanted, anything they wanted in, in, in that he could get his hands on. He said, you can have it, because he was just it, in, in awe of how they helped him. Um, and they could take it back to them and to their desert homes. Desert homes. So the sheik men, they led him up to the, to the hotel room and into the bathroom. And they pointed to the faucets in the bathtub and they pointed to the faucets in the sink. And they, they said that they wanted to take the faucets with them that that would so that they could be provided with running water in their desert homes. They didn't realize that the faucets were superficial. The faucets were not what was making the water come out. The faucets were, were, were just the item that you could see. The, they didn't realize there was plumbing, that there was hot water tanks behind it, that, that there was an energy source that heated the water. Uh, there was a city main that supplied the water. And from the city main went a line to an outside source of water. They didn't know all this. They thought that the, the faucet was what was bringing the water. So that's why my title is The Magic is Not in the Faucet. But it's what behind, that's what's behind the faucet that get, brings it the water. You know, the faucet can be a 24 karat gold faucet, but if it's not attached to the water supply, it's, it's, it's useless. Magic is, isn't in the faucet. The power comes from behind the faucet, things that are not visible to the human eye. But we know they're there nonetheless because water is coming out. If the pump or if the plumbing or if the reservoir ever goes dry or runs out of service, the faucet is not going to work. You can turn it on and off as many times as you want and nothing is going to come out. But it's what, behind, what is behind the faucet that gives it its power. The first thing I want to say this evening is the faucet is a necessary um, tool to get the water out. The faucet is necessary to get the water to where it needs to be. I don't want to minimize the importance of a vessel God needs and he wants us to be his vessels. God has always worked through human vessels. And in fact, most of the time, God works through really unlikely vessels. And we read about them all the time um, throughout the Bible. Um, I'll give you a few of them here. Um, Moses, obviously. Um, some scriptures, uh, uh, some theologians think that he may have had a speech problem and stuttered. Um, David's armor didn't fit because he was just too small. Uh, John Mark was rejected by Paul. Uh, Timothy had ulcers. Amos' only training was Amos's only training was the school of fig tree pruning. Um, Jacob was Jacob was a liar. Um, David had an affair. Solomon was too rich. Abraham was too old. Um, David was too young. Peter was afraid of death. Lazarus he was dead. Um, John was self righteous. Uh, Naomi was a widow. Paul. Uh, who used to be Saul, was a murderer. And so was Moses. He also murdered somebody. Um, Jonah, he ran from God, didn't want to go to Nineveh. Uh, Miriam was a gossip. Gideon and Thomas, they both doubted. Um, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he was depressed and he was suicidal. Um, Elijah was, uh, was burned out. He got tired. 
Martha was a worrywart. Um, Mary may have been lazy. Uh, Samson, well, he had long hair. Um, nowadays, I might be cool and put on a man bun, but back then it wasn't. Uh, Noah got drunk, um, and you know that's not all of them, but those are the ones that really stick out when we read through the Bible. Um, did I mention Moses had a short fuse? Um, he not only killed somebody, but the the stone tablets that God made Himself, He smashed them. I mean, I, if God gave me something, I think I would take care of it. But He smashed them because He got mad for a good reason. But He's He's still had a short fuse. Um, God doesn't require a job interview. Um, and then that, in that grade, you don't have to sit through a hundred questions asking you um, all these questions about your life and wh- what you did because He already knows. Um, he's not about that. You know, he, he's not a boss that's going to hire you and, and then turn around. If you don't do a good job, he's going to fire you. He doesn't do that. Um, he's more like a dad uh, than our boss. He doesn't look at financial gain. He doesn't look at financial loss. He doesn't look at, at what um, we can do for him. He loves us because we're his children. He's not prejudiced. He's not partial. He's not judging, grudging, sassy, brassy. He's not deaf to our cry. Um, he's not blind to our needs. I heard a minister once said that uh, I was never of any use until I found out that God did not intend me to be a great man. I'm going to read that again. I was never of any use until I found out that God did not intend me to be a great man. God wants us to be his vessels. God wants us to be his faucets. John 7 and 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. God can have all the plumbing in place. He can have the, the pump hooked up, be ready to pour out his blessings on people. He can pour them out on the world. But he needs and he wants us to be his vessels. He needs us to be his faucets. God can, God can have everything ready to go, but if we're not obedient, if we don't do the things that he asks us to do, then sometimes his blessings get moved, moved back. In many cases, the only thing that stops a move of God is a lack of a vessel. When Elisha was performing the miracle for the prophet's widow, and the oil was flowing freely, the Bible says in 2 Kings verses 4-6, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. That's when the oil stopped flowing. I think sometimes in our, in, in our walk with God, this is this is... This is true in ourselves. Sometimes God is, is, is wanting to pour out blessings, wanting to pour out blessings, wanting to bless a church, wanting to, to, to bless a community. And, you know, there are those faithful that, that, that desire God and that desire Him to use them. But he, does, he, he needs just one more, just one more vessel. And we're not obedient in stepping out and saying, God, use me. God, here I am, fill me up until I overflow and I'm able to give out what you give to me. Here in this text, the only thing that stopped the flow of the oil, it wasn't, it wasn't lack of faith, it wasn't lack of, uh, of, of necessity, it was lack of having another vessel. Now, I don't know why God chooses to use imperfect vessels um, to accomplish His work. He, he, he's God, He can do whatever He wants, but it, it sometimes doesn't make sense that God would, he would do all these things and choose to basically restrict himself moving through an imperfect, flawed, inconsistent human being. I mean, God's God. He's perfect. He can do anything. And yet he, he 
chooses to use you and me um, to do his work. He uses to choose you and he chooses to use you and me to bless others. But God is always seeking for men and women through which to move. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out a spirit upon upon what? All flesh, not just some. He poured out his spirit on all flesh. God was filling these vessels during the day of Pentecost. He didn't pick and choose vessels. It was all of them, all of them that were willing to take. In Isaiah 43, God says that he will work if only we will let him. God needs a vessel through which to work. Ezekiel said that God was seeking a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. When the Lord struck Saul blind on the road to Damascus, he told Saul, go and see Ananias. He will tell you what to do. Ananias could have said no. Ananias could have, have, have done what Jeremiah did and ran away. But Ananias didn't. And God used the human vessel to cure, to heal Paul. And from there, we read the New Testament and we can see what happened after that. If it wasn't for Ananias being obedient, Paul would have had to wait a little bit longer. Or God would have had to use somebody else. In the book of Revelation, John says that God wept because he, f- he found no man that could open the book of salvation. So God himself took on the form of man to bring redemption. I think we have a hard time understanding how important we are to the work of God. Not that he couldn't do it without us, but that he chooses to use us. In most cases, God will not move without a vessel. God will not pour out his spirit without a faucet for it to flow through. We are, the, we are those vessels, and God needs us and wants us. The second thing I want to talk about is even though God needs us, we can't afford to try to take all the glory for what God, only God can do. We, we may be the tools that God used, we may be the vessel that God uses, but we can't take credit for it because it wasn't us. It's what, it's what is behind the faucet that counts. If the power supply ever gets shut off behind the wall, the faucet doesn't work. You know, it's, uh, it depends on what you fill yourself in, up with, Right? I mean, how, how, does, how does the faucet get the water? It gets it from a source. And where do we get our source? Where do we get the, the power from that, that's within us? Where, where's our source? It's God, right? It should be God. Um, if we're filling ourselves with up, up with other things, then what's going to come out? If, they, if somebody hooked up a water faucet um, to, uh, to a swamp, what's going to come out? Swamp water. If they hook up a faucet to, to fire, what's going to come out? Heat. If they hook it up to um, a waste factory, what's going to come out? Waste. Depends on what you put in the faucet. Will depend on what comes out of the faucet. You know, you still may look good on the outside. You still may say the the good things that you should say, and you should could appear the same. But if the power supply is shut off, or if it's altered in any way, we're of no use. We're of no use to anyone, including God. Romans 
7 and verses 18 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry out. Anybody ever had that problem? <laughs> we know what to do. I mean, we can sit here and we can read our Bible and it tells us exactly what to do. You know, we come to church and we listen to sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. And while we're listening to it, we're like, yeah, amen, that's awesome. But then when we, when we leave, it's, it's a whole lot harder, right? We must understand that we're only vessels. We're only conduits. We're only the faucet. We are not what supplies the power. If, some, if we pray for somebody and they get healed, it's not that we prayed so good that God was like, yes, I'm going to heal that person because you're an awesome prayer. That's not what it's about. It's about God. God used us through a prayer. Um, God used us. Uh, God used Andrew to get me a job. Um, it wasn't Andrew because he was so awesome. It was God telling him that he needed to tell me about a job. And it's not because I'm so awesome that I need a job. It's because God loves me. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Let's say that again. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We are made of clay. We can go back to Genesis and see we are made from the dust of the earth to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The power is God's. I am only an earthen vessel. I can't sing well enough. I can't preach well enough to duplicate what God can only do. Romans 12 and verse 3 says, For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. No matter how much God moves through us, no matter what he does through us, no matter, no matter how prolific it seems like God's moving through a, a, another person, we have to remember that, that it's God, it's not them, it's not us. No matter how many prophecies we give, no matter how many anointed preachings or teachings come from our mouths, we must never forget that it's what that is what behind, is behind the faucet that makes all the difference. No matter how many good things happen through me, I am the only I am only the faucet. There's a power supply behind me, and if that is ever cut off, I'm useless. I think. I think I'm not the only one, but when, you know, when things start going great, things start going good, and we start seeing God move in our life, I, th I think too often we get complacent. We think, you know, God's moving through me. I must be doing something right, so I can kind of back off a little bit, right? I can just kind of read half the scriptures I've been reading every night. I can pray half the amount of time I've been praying. Um, and we, we try to think that everything's going to be okay, uh, that everything's going to continue on the same, but God is not, not about... Um, healing somebody just to heal them. God is about relationship. God wants us to, to be in that relationship with Him and to, to commune with Him in, in, in our words and, and, and in our deeds and what we do. And when, when we get to the point where we think we're, you know, we've arrived, you know, God is using us in an awesome way, and then we just stop, that's when things go south. That's when things stop happening. That's when things stop working. It's not that we're not saved anymore. I mean, obviously we're still saved, but it's, 
It's the fact that God desires more than just to use us as a vessel. God desires more than just to, to, to heal somebody through, through, our, through the touch of our hand. God desires to have that relationship. In our text this evening, Jesus is teaching his disciples this very important lesson. They had most likely watched Jesus cast out devils, you know, many times probably. You know, we read about them all the time through the Bible. Jesus healing people, Jesus casting out de demons, um, Jesus raising people from the dead. Um, we, I mean, we see all this throughout the Bible, and we can assume that the, the disciples were with him because they were with him almost all the time. Um, and so they, they, they probably watched him cast out legions of, de of devils out of people and cast them into a herd of swine. They, they've probably seen this. And, you know, they, they've seen it numerous times. And, and, you know, they probably saw how he, the word, they heard the words he said, you know, the words he used. And they saw the, the power in his voice and, and, and the way he moved his hands and the way he talked and the way he held himself. And so they thought, you know what? We've, we've watched this long enough. We, we, we could probably do this, right? We can do this. And so they came across a situation that they... They felt very confident that they could handle because, hey, I've seen it. I mean, you've seen somebody change a tire on a car. You watch it a hundred times, I guarantee you can change a tire on a car. They've seen Jesus cast out demons. They've seen Jesus heal. You know, they, they've, they've got a relationship with Jesus. And they thought they could do it. You know, they, they can use the same words, the same actions. But there was one thing missing. One thing that they forgot about that Jesus had that they didn't. And that was connection to the power supply. We have no power. We're unable to do any, any miraculous thing on our own. If there's nothing supplying us, then we're going to fail miserably at any task we try to do. Jesus takes this opportunity to tell his disciples that if you, don't, if you don't pray, if you don't fast, if you don't connect with the power source, then we, there, then we can't do anything for God that is worthy to be for him. There is no magic in the faucet, but it's what's behind the faucet that makes the difference. I can say all the right words. I can do all the right hand motions. I can use the right tone of voice. But there's no prayer and there's no fasting that's taking place behind the wall. Then there will be no power coming from the faucet. Mind you, verse 21 says, but this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. You know, have you ever, we, we, we talked about this, uh, I believe it was last Wednesday, we talked about, we were challenged with a, a, a fast. Uh, and being and reading our Bible before we eat, we we are challenged with with giving up something in order that we can spend more time with God. You know, if there if there's something that's that's going on in your life that you know you've been praying about, you've been seeking God about, and just it it's not happening. That's where this verse comes in, because you know the disciples they they they'd seen Jesus do all these miracles. They, they wanted this to happen. They had faith that it could happen. We have faith that our family member can get saved. We have faith that our family member can be healed. 
We have faith that, that our finances can get better. But unless we take it a step further and actually pray fervently about it and fast, it may or may not happen. The danger we face is when we try to duplicate through mere human efforts what can only be produced by God. You know, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit to you that I don't know how to preach. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm going to class. <laughs> uh, me and Nathan go to class. We'll probably go into class here in a couple more weeks um, on, on Saturdays. And, you know, we, we learn all kinds of stuff. We learn about the Bible and we learn the ins and outs of what we're, we should do as leaders, as ministers. And that's fantastic. But, man, it's so much different when you're up in front of people trying to preach. So much You can't teach that. You can't teach that. Um, but, you know, if, if I ever got to the point where I thought, you know what, I, I've arrived. I'm a good preacher. Um, that's when we fall. That's when we fall. You know, sing, you singers out there, if we ever get to the point where, where you say, you know what, I'm a good singer, and the Holy Spirit comes down every time I sing because I'm a good singer, you can kiss it goodbye because... That's not what the Holy Spirit's coming down for. You know, it's not. You could get a tone-deaf person up here singing worship music as long as their heart's in it, and the Holy Spirit's going to come down. The Holy Spirit is going to move because it's not about how good we are. You know, teachers, it's not, gotta, it's not about how good we teach. It's not, it's not, it's not about how, how good we can we can take a verse and, and break it apart and, and, and divide it and give it, and give it to people and teach them about the Word of God or, or, or anything, math, English. It's not about that. If we think we're good teachers, imagine how good we were if, if God was the center of that. We must never reach the point where we learn how to do what only God can do. We're never going to become so smart that we don't need God. Amen? All right. So there was a man named Sir James Simpson, um, and he had one of his most valuable discoveries in the year of 1847. Um, Simpson was a doctor from Edinburgh. Um, he discovered that chloroform could be used as an anesthetic to render people insensible to pain of surgery. Big deal. Because otherwise, you're going to be completely awake and you have nothing to deaden the pain. Anybody ever had surgery awake? Okay, you can thank him. From his early experiments, Dr. Simpson made it possible for people to go through the most dangerous operations without fear of pain and suffering. Some people even claim that his was one of the most significant discoveries of modern medicine, and I would probably agree with that. Some years later, while lecturing at the University of Edinburgh, Dr. Simpson was asked by one of his students, what do you consider to be the most valuable discovery of your lifetime? That's a good question. I mean, the, the guy did just discover chloroform, and now you can do surgery without screaming in pain. That's a fantastic discovery. Um, but to, this, 
to the surprise of his students, that's not what he said. He didn't say anything that he had found um, physically, uh, nothing that he that was invented or anything. But Dr. Simpson replied, my most valuable discovery was when I discovered myself being a sinner and that Jesus Christ was my Savior. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. The most valuable discovery that you and I can make this evening is knowing where we stand with God. Knowing where we stand with God in, fact, in, in the fact that He's so great and he is so loving and he's, he's so merciful that he, he, he allows us to come before him and say a few little words. And they don't have to be grand. They don't have to be anything um, super thought, thought of. But ask him into our heart. And he is faithful to do it. God, God is so good in the fact that when we do become Christians, that, that's not the end of it. You know, it's not you're a Christian now, so good. Go and live your life, and when you die, you go to heaven. That's not, that's not the end of it. God desires to commune with us. God desires to have a relationship with us. And God desires to work through us to bless other people. No matter how smart we get, no matter how good we get at, at whatever it is that we do, whether we're a, an IT tech or a preacher or a truck driver, no matter how good we get, we're still just sinners saved by grace. There is no power inside of us. We're just vessels. We're just conduits that God desires to work through, to move his power through. Have you been wondering what's, what's going on in your life? Was there a time in your life where you just you felt like God was using you? You felt like, you know, I don't think I could get any closer to God. I have to say I've been there. Uh, you know, I felt like God was was using me in, 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 in ways that were just awesome. But then I got, I got complacent. I got relaxed. I got to the place where, you know, I thought I, I, thought I was in a good place with God, so I'm just going to hang out here for a minute. And all that went away. And it's amazing how if we're not getting closer to God, we're getting farther away. There's no, there's, there's really no stalemate there. You know, we say we become complacent or, or we've been stagnant, uh, but really, it's just been creeping, that, creeping back. We've been getting farther away. Tonight, I wonder if any of us felt that way right now. We feel that, you know, when, when we wake up in the morning, we're. We're, for some reason, we're angry. For some reason, we have we have no joy when we get up in the morning. We have no reason, really, to get out of bed, you know, other than to go to work and make money and come home again. We don't feel like there's a there's a purpose um, to us getting up out of bed. Um, you know, we don't we don't we don't feel like you know every day that God is taking us and 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 strategically putting us in a place where He wants us to be, to where we can pour into somebody's life. I have to say that's it's not a it's not a problem with God not wanting to use you. It's a problem. It's a disconnect with with the power source. It's a disconnect with our relationship with Him.
as, 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 as we're about to close, you can go ahead and come on back, worship team. Message was short tonight, but I think it was a, it was a, a message that is for everyone. Because it's not, it's not about, you know, how good we get at doing things. You know, I think the church is a fantastic place to be able to, to hone your, your, your calling, to be able to hone your, um, your, your, the thing that, ca- that brings you most joy. Um, but I think if, we've, if we lose sight of, of who we're doing it for and why we are, are doing it, then I think it becomes, like the Bible says, a clanging symbol if it's singing if it's playing the, an instrument if it's talking if it's sewing if it's cooking doesn't matter what it is god can use it and god wants to use it, and god wants to work through it so tonight um everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes tonight it tonight the message is simple we cannot get to the point where we feel like we've arrived. We cannot get to the point where we feel like I'm doing so good that that God is, is using me and and this is where I want to stay. That can, that can never be the place where we get to. Because God desires more of from us. God desires more of us. A deeper relationship. You know, we were singing earlier, you know, we desire the Spirit to come to this place and to move and to touch us and to, and to change our lives. But is that just how we are in, in, in church? Is that how we are just when we come to this place and worship together? Do we desire the same thing in our, in a, at our home? Do we desire the same thing at work? You know, because the Spirit can move anywhere. The Spirit can move not only just in this building, but the Spirit can move with in, in, in your bathroom, in, in your living room. It can, the Holy Spirit can move at your work, in your job. That's my desire tonight. That we wouldn't get to the point where we feel like we're full, like we don't need any more of God, and we're good where we're at, but that we would desire God to fill us up to where we can overflow. Are you giving out what God is putting in you? If not, you're, you're not getting enough. You're not allowing God to move in you enough. So tonight, are you, are you, are you wondering how that can happen? Are you wondering how, how can I get more of God? The two things that we've been talking about the last week is prayer and fasting. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that those are the two things that God desires for us to do have communion with Him, to have a conversation with Him. And to get rid of some of the things in our life that are taking up time that's not needed and we can spend it with God. So tonight, if that's you, if you say, you know, Pastor Danny, I just I just feel like I'm not being used anymore. I just feel like, you know, when I was a couple months ago, or a couple years ago, Back when I was a kid, I felt like God was just doing some awesome things. And I got complacent. I, I got to the point where I thought I was good. And since then, it's been kind of a lull. I haven't really felt God's presence. I haven't really felt Him move in my life. I haven't seen the evidence of, of God working in my life. And tonight, I invite you just to spend some time in prayer. Tonight, I invite you just to, to seek God. 
to seek that relationship, not to seek any, any blessing from Him, not to seek anything to, to give out, but just to seek more of a relationship because God is faithful when we desire that relationship, when we desire more of Him. He is faithful to fill us up. And from that comes living water out of us that can flow to other people, that can flow to people who know Him, that can bless them, or it can flow to people who don't know Him and eternally save their soul.